You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Mountain with Swire football podcast. Uh, Jeremy Moss, Matt Kennerly. Is this a bonus edition because we're talking media day and not a preview? Yes, sir. Or it's what we're normally going to do twice a week once it comes in about 30 days, 27 days? Give or take a couple, yeah. All right, so we're going to talk media days. So a lot of stuff happened. We it was down in Las Vegas at, is it technically the Green Valley Resort or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Down in Vegas. Where? Henderson. Yes, I was actually through Henderson, which is just, um, what, south of Las Vegas, I think? Southwest, I want to say? Nearby, right? Just past the strip, of course, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about their media projections, our projections, um, what Craig Thompson said. Um, Nick Rolovich brought a friend to this time, a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about, see if that's appropriate, and if he should keep doing it, and um, maybe some shenanigans, because uh, this is a fun podcast, right? It is. So if you missed any of it, Matt did a good, a great job. I was going to say good job, Matt, but you did a great job of setting up a media day central because I, to be honest here, I forgot the first day media day when I was out of town. Inexcusable. So I, was on, I was on vacation. I thought, oh, it's the 24th. I'll be back. I'll write stuff up. We'll be good to go. It's not what the Pac-12 does, which does a one-day blitz, which is crazy <laughs> to do everything in one day. Mountain West takes it smooth sailing, a two-day event, and I forgot. And I was rocking and rolling on day two, but you took up the slack. We have a Media Day Central still pinned at the top of our page. There will still be more articles, um, depending when you listen to this. But over the weekend, I'll have a few more out. We'll have a couple others out by, who knows, some team stuff. But we have a section where you put a bunch of tweets, a bunch of articles, just some big news and notes about the conference. So should we just get to it and talk about who's the um, how we were correct on some of these preseason picks and some that we were not? Yeah, let's do it. So the all-conference team, um, we do things differently, Matt. You want an inside-outside linebacker, and that caused some controversy. It did. Do you care? Well, I mean, there's always a little bit of controversy, so no. How, I would say, <laughs> no, it's fine. Here's the thing. No, this is not going to be us just showboating or mouthing off. Mount West linebacking group, really, 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 really good across the whole country. There's a lot of really good linebackers. There could be at least two All-Americans from this group. Possibly, yeah. You could have Kaiba Tizino, who's on the uh, media's first team, our second team, because we broke it up inside-outside. David Woodward's a possibility. Uh, maybe Mikhail Walker. Yeah, a couple guys, right? See, can I can I just speak on that real quick? Of course, because you can. I am somewhat mystified mystified by the lack of respect for Logan Wilson. And and this is not to say that there are any bad choices when it comes to linebacker. You know, the three that were ultimately selected by the media were Walker, Tazino, and Woodward. I've got no quibble there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. You know, the reason that I would have put Logan Wilson as a first team selection as I did when we did our staff vote is because well, 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 he's been doing it for longer than any of those guys. Who would you take off then really quick? Let's get there because you can't just shoe- shoehorn him in there. Would it be your guy, Mikel Walker? Well, yeah, because we all four of those guys are, are middle linebackers, ironically right. enough. Okay. And, you know, I don't know why they put Curtis Weaver as a defensive lineman, for instance, because... 
and, and Boise State fans can correct me on this uh, at MWC Wire. I was under the impression the stud was a linebacker position. I think it's a which com- is why I had him, which is why I lined him up at, or lined him up in our vote as a linebacker. Or at or, he, or defensive end, possibly that those two are interchangeable. Defensive lineman typically means you got to hand onto the ground most of the time. Yeah. So that, that's that, that, and this is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about, where you know there are no outside linebackers really, because if you're going to count Weaver as a defensive end, then that's not quite the same thing. Yeah, and Wilson, my reason I put Wilson in there, he is a turnover machine. Like, he picks the ball off, he gets turnovers, he scores points off of turnovers, like, by himself. Like, it's hard. He's been doing it for yeah. longer than all three of those guys. Yeah. And yeah. and that's why I had him as a first-team selection. So did I. I had, I had him and Woodward when we did our staff vote, and then I had Tizino and Walker as second team. All four of those guys are inside linebackers. You could rank them one through four in any order you wanted to, mm-hmm. and it would really be hard for me to, to argue any of those points. But that's just the justification that I have yeah. because Wilson's just been doing it for longer. Yeah, I put, if I recall, I put Wilson and Tizino, and I think I put Tizino as my player of the year. So those who mm-hmm. were talking to back on Twitter, I was one of the people who put him defensive player of the year, folks. There you so go. So get off my back. It wasn't my <laughs> fault he was second team. I, I think, I don't have my votes in front of me, but I'm pretty sure I did Wilson, Tizino, and Walker and Woodward as the second team inside. But inside and outside, it's tough. And so it's like, like you said, do we need all guards on the offensive line or all tackles? No. All DBs need a cornerback and safety? Come on. It's uh whatever, but um, quarterback not shocked. Jordan Love, right? Interestingly, there was uh, not a lot of sim or not a lot of difference rather between what we came up with and what the media oh, large really? came up with. Oh, really? What, what, what say that again so people can hear? <laughs> not a lot of differences. <laughs> but the the, the couple that jumped out to me were kind of surprising. There were at least like one or two. For which one? Ours or theirs? For theirs. What was your what was your big uh? I guess quibble or difference you've noticed the the one biggest surprise and again this is not necessarily one that I would argue too hard with mm-hmm. but I was surprised that Jeremy Fedulum made the preseason all-conference team why out of that? Air Force why is that because they're def- you know, defensive again, backs well, defensive bad? backs is defensive back there's a lot of really good defensive back options like Where was I would Avery Williams maybe Avery Williams, Jaron Bryant, Darren Hall from San Diego State. Yeah. I think that you could have made a case for any number of guys. So, you know, again, I think they're expecting him to play a big role in that Air Force defensive backfield. And he did a lot of work, you know, racking up a lot of tackles for that defense last year. So it's it's not necessarily that I don't see the argument, but it is to me kind of a mild surprise that he did ultimately make that cut. You know what it tells me? It tells me I'm right on Air Force being really good this year. That's what that tells me. Perhaps. <laughs> Just saying. Putting it out there. So there's, um, yeah, we, like deep offensive player of the year. I guess our big surprise, we did three teams deep. How surprised were you that Colin Hill wasn't on, as a third quarterback? Uh, not very. I, th- I, 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 first I was kind of surprised. And you know, the reason I'm not, because on the list you created, I'll, yes, I'll put it on you because you made the list. You only put, um, wasn't only two um, first and second team only, right? We didn't pick a first, second, and a third team player, right? Yeah. So it's either going to be to me. It was, it was to me. It's really simple. Love and McDonald were the clear, clear top two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Seeing the Boise combo at third, I could understand it, but I don't think it's justified for preseason. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of that. I think was mostly a consequence of the fact that Raj. What are you doing? First there team, were, maybe? I, I think it was there were maybe two votes that didn't go to either Jordan Love or Cole McDonald. One was Ross, so I can say for certain. Make of that what you will. 
and we pro- I, we have three Boise State writers, and I don't I know at least one did. As I joke jokingly yell Raj in the microphone, he knows I'm kidding, mm-hmm. but he's a diehard Boise guy, which is great. And everybody who voted, like I said, I I don't know how many votes we had, but we have somebody for every team, and only a couple teams have more than one, like San Diego State, um, Boise. I think we have two Air Force guys. There's a few teams that have more than one. Typically, mm-hmm. it's one per team. I don't really care for well, to be honest, like. I like the league, but I don't have an allegiance to any team. It's like, go use Pac-12 champs preseason, Rose Bowl playoff. Yeah, let's there you go. There you so go. There we, that's what I'm talking about. But uh, I, I guess. But that was, a, that was a bit shocking just because, it, again, it wouldn't have just been one or, one or two or even if all three Boise guys put in first team. There had been others that put him as the number two quarterback. Or what, mm-hmm. these are the votes where they split that wide across. Like, I could see Hill getting a second team vote. Obviously, McDonald, Love. Um, I don't. I wouldn't see. I would see even Donald Hammond could have gotten a vote for a second team. I don't think he actually did. Ooh. You know what I'm calling? Some people. Somebody wanted to break out players under the radar player. My first one right now, Donald Hammond to third. Okay. Watch out, dark horse preseason player. Or not preseason, dark horse player of the year. Just saying. He's still got to win the job first. He's got the job. Trust me. Okay. All right. right. I'm just saying. He no. He better get the job. But what is he? What is Calhoun doing? Pulling a Mike Bobo? Well, it's not like Isaiah Sanders is a bad option. He's not, but I felt Hammond played better throughout when he got time. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right, so any other picks besides Darren Hall? People not liking that for us, too. We don't think we had him on our... Was he on our third team, Darren Hall? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. I don't think he was. Uh-oh. Are we in trouble? No. We had, the same, so. well, we had the same Curtis Weaver, same offensive, defensive player of the year, him and Love. Were you surprised? Wasn't Cooper Roth the, the meatiest pick for special teams guy? He was. That that surprises to me, doesn't it? With the way because, not, not really. I mean, it's hard to argue with a Ray Guy fi- or excuse me, a Lou Groza finalist. Get your kicking awards right, Matt. You do the watch list stuff. You should know. That. <laughs> <laughs> You're just well, like you see, it's like kicking and punting. Those two awards come out on the same day, and I always get them mixed up. That's fine. I should know them the best because Universe Utah has like multiple Ray Guy Lou Groza winners the past couple years. Again, That's true. also, if your team is known for punting and kicking, maybe your team's not very good. Sorry, just saying for anybody in general, right? If you're putting your hat on the Lou Grozer Award winner. You, be, you better be careful that Utah State fans don't take that the wrong way because Dominic Eberle was a uh, Lou Grozer finalist two years hey, ago. Hey, I'm talking about my team. If I know, I work with a guy who used to be the punter of the year. What's his name? Uh, Tom Hackett. Mm-hmm. I work with him now, punter of the year twice, I think. He, Whatever, it's great. He's, got, he's a fun guy. He has a good accent from Australia. Cool to chat with. But if, you, if you're hanging your hat on a punter award like that, you better have something else to back it up. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's not a bad thing to win. I'm just saying. It's, if it's your star, star gold star guy, well, just whatever. All right, so let's get to order of finish here because I'm going to dig a bigger hole than I already am. So <laughs> let's All get right, going. let's do that. So as for the uh, order of finish, it was um, – we weren't far off either, were we? Not really, no. See? What, I'm saying? what are we saying, folks? Come on. We know what we're doing. I think what was interesting – at least as far as the, the one big difference that I noticed was it seemed like there was at least a pocket of our staff that was a bigger believer in Hawaii than the media at larges. I saw that as well. Yes. So what do you make? What do you make of that? That we like them better. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: as if Cole McDonald doesn't have a sorry, plug ears. If you don't hear some medical talk, a bloody scrotum, you're going to be much better playing, right? If mm-hmm. that's not an issue. Um, no, sorry, but I think I think Hawaii. They were fourth in the media, and we had them second. Is that correct? Uh, I think we had them actually third. I'm trying to pull up mine really quick. I, I should have had that as well. But here's the thing. Yeah, they lose um, – oh, shoot. Um, 
receiver, John Osura, he's gone. But here's the thing. If McDonald is fully healthy, not injured, not beat up, year one of the run and shoot, yes, it caught people by surprise. But now that it's better, and you still have some of the best receivers in the league, JoJo Ward, Cedric Bird out there, um, they should have a better running attack. If McDonald could run because he's more free and healthy, year two in that offense is going to be better. They have the entire coaching staff back for the first time in a while. Yeah, they lose a couple guys in defense, but I am a believer in Hawaii because if they could be 80% of the team they were for the first half, half of the year for the entire year, there's no reason they could not win the, the West Division. We had them second, by the way. Okay. And we had what, uh, a couple first-place votes, I think? Uh, yeah, it was six for Fresno State, four for Hawaii, and three for San Diego State. Oh, the over-Aztec writers vote, I take it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, and, and maybe more generally, I was kind of surprised that the media also considered Fresno State to be such a clear-cut favorite in the division. So did I, yeah, 17-3 because, you know, they got Jorge Rain, a new quarterback. They lose, like, Jeff Allison, Defensive Player of the Year. Lose some, lose um, Keyshawn Johnson, best receiver, what, outside Devonte Adams essentially the past five years, maybe ever one of the top five guys ever to catch a pass there in Fresno. Mm-hmm. He's gone. They do bring Jared Rice back, obviously, but I am surprised it was that big. I'm also I am also surprised San Diego State was second by the media. Does that that's that's um, almost equally surprising as Fresno getting 17 of the 20-1 first place votes. Well, I, th- I mean, I think that there's a lot of optimism, which we talked about in our Aztecs podcast last week, where I think people are expecting a bounce back, if not necessarily to be kind of right there with Fresno State to at least be better than they were at the end of last year. No, they should. I think they'll be better than last year, but I don't know if they'll contend just because it's the same old story for me in San Diego State. Give me a quarterback that I could throw the ball decently. You had an NFL tight end on your roster last year and he barely caught the ball. Mm-hmm. So they're tweaking the offense a bit. Like if Juan Washington's fully healthy and Agnew can hand the ball off, and I know people are like, oh, they're going to shotgun because his legs are a bit more, but he didn't show me much last year to say he's going to be this amazing quarterback. He's been there for so many years. They brought a Juco guy for insurance just in case, which you could look at that, oh, it's just for backup just in case or depth, or it could be like, hey, push him. It's Either way, look at it. It could be a positive or a negative. I think it's kind of a wash, maybe a slight knock against Agnew just to push him a bit to make, maybe it'll make him better be the good quarterback he can be but mm-hmm. the defense is back defense will be fine I, I, my thing is I like Hawaii more than San Diego State this year that's all I can say but I do expect Aztecs to be better so that was kind of surprising UNL, UNLV fifth eh, not surprising too much um, so let's take a guess who do you think voted for Hawaii first they got one first place vote uh, can you vote can you vote for your own team so was it Stephen Tsai from the Honolulu um Advertiser or observer, whatever it's called out there. Advertiser. I mean, I'm pretty sure that you can. You think it was him? I have no idea. That'd be my best guess, right? Well, I mean, Rocky Long said something about picking Hawaii first, but I don't think he gets a vote. No, that's the media vote. So he he was probably being tongue in cheek anyway. Possibly. Um, yeah, he also said he wasn't going to punt. He lied about that too. So <laughs> a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so on the map side, are you surprised Boise State got the majority of the votes? Not particularly. The difference? Nine no. Vo- no? Not are, really. Are they really deserve? Okay, I think, I've, I think I voted for them first. I don't recall if I did or not. I should check my results here. But we'll know by the time all of our season podcasts are done where I have them. Do you think they're deserving of a first place vote? Losing best running running back in NFL, four-year starter quarterback, losing a couple other guys, a wide receiver or two on the team, a couple defenders as usual. Are they deserving of that number one spot? Is it just reputation or are they really gonna, just going to be fine and step in and go? 
Yeah, I mean, I think even despite the losses that you mentioned, let's not forget that they still have a lot coming back in a lot of really significant places. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever ends up under center is going to have a veteran crew of receivers to throw to. Yeah, he's going to be anchored by you know a veteran heavy defense, especially up front and especially in the defensive backfield. So, I'm not. I'm, I mean. I don't know. I mean, I because when we did our staff vote, I also voted for Boise State first, and it wasn't really um, that much of a difficult decision for me. And maybe that's a spoiler alert because we haven't talked about the Broncos at length yet that's in our fine. team previews. Go for it. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a cakewalk to get through the, through the division, but they clearly have the most talent coming back, even despite the significant losses. I'll say this, and this is, again, kind of preluding to our Boise preview. This is going to be a defensive team this year. Yeah. Like, they're, they'll probably score points, but, like I mentioned, new quarterback. It could either because Cord, uh, Chase Cord, um, Brian Harson said he's not 100%. They start practicing, I think, whenever you listen to this, by the end of a couple of days, by 1st of August or before, before they get ready for Florida State. He wants to name a starter about 10 days out which is a good plan just so you can give the guy the most first-team reps to get ready for a Florida State team, which we'll see who they, how good they are. They'll probably be a tad better than last year, but they went 5-7. and seven. So he's unhealthy. He's going to be pushing camp with Hank Bachmeyer there, too. He's been here since spring. And so that's a concern, a new running back. Yeah, maybe John T- Hightower can get – look what he did a couple games last year. He'd get the ball any way possible. But this is going to be a team where if, if the, for them to be good, which they're going to be good regardless – but it's not going to be a team that's, at least in the first, say, month or two, or not that's too long, but say first four to six games, three to five games, it's going to be led by what their defense can do and then hold, have a low-scoring game and get the offense going in groove, even with the talented guys around them. But your two main positions, running back, quarterback, are brand new. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the big concern. But like if they hold teams to 10 to 15 points, I'm confident whoever Boise State puts out there for who they recruit and coaching staff they have, they could score easily 21 points a game on it which would be a down year for them and that could be enough with this defense mm-hmm. for some of the games i would say yeah and then you got utah state six first place votes my big concern i keep wavering the offensive line is uh, basically rebuilt new receiver rebuilt um but jordan looks they're the same similar almost mirror image of boise state i would say losing all their a lot of the offensive players but the defense will be stacked yeah. however you know jordan love the heisman campaign just saying it's out there he can make up a big difference for whoever is going to be out there catching the ball. Mm-hmm. I, I also we talked about the hashtag. Not everybody loves it, Matt. Not everybody's a fan. If you have to explain the hashtag, it's not a good hashtag. Wait, they really have to explain the hashtag? Well, you can't just say it. That's the point. It's I thought it was pretty self-explanatory. One <laughs> zero ve Heisman. It is, but if you have to say it, like looking at it, oh, I get it. But hey, what's hashtag? Um, let's see here. One zero. V E H E I S M A M. It's it's it, all you do is you say love for Heisman with one zero. I know, but still, that's not very clear. Usually, it well, it can be smoother. I like their creativity. They I mean today they handed out candy hearts. Good idea, stuff like that. But I'm just, I'm just just saying, maybe they're being too creative. No, I don't think so. Okay, and we got Air Force, Wyoming, CSU, New Mexico. Is that sound about right? Yeah. All right, so let's get some, I guess, some news items because we're we got Craig Thompson's speech. Should we, speech, should we go to there? Yeah, let's do that. Since we're super organized here. All right, so we got let's do the bowling slate really quick. We have the officially the new yet to be named Las Vegas Bowl or Los Angeles Bowl. I actually was in Southern California this weekend, 
and I drove past, well, sort of close by the uh, new um, LA Stadium. It's getting getting there. Does it look nice from far away? Um, it's hard to tell. But then, does lot, it look like a spaceship? Not quite. However, not two, yet, anyway. two weeks ago, I drove directly past Las Vegas Stadium, which is literally I could spit or throw a rock from my car on I-15 and hit the stadium. It's that close to the freeway. Oh yeah. It's like I didn't realize it was because first time I drove through down south dark didn't notice on the way back so i was out I'm like what, what is this monstrosity giant stadium right to my left going north oh yeah it is yeah. huge and so we got those two um well we're losing well speaking of the vegas game real quick we know it's going away however i get oh, actually matt we're gonna full audible title game could be going to la or las vegas as a neutral site game i don't understand that at all why do you think they're trying to do that is it just um what's your what do you think why do you think they're doing it i can't possibly think of a good reason for doing that Unless it's to avoid the kind of headaches that they had two years ago. There's but, that. But even then, the hosting, it, 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 that was just a yeah. fundamental misunderstanding among a lot of fans about what was going on, rather than anything that the conference actually did incorrectly. Well, and well, I would also argue the way the... Because they took the rules, like, here's our ruling, but then using the um, old BCS computers, the way mm-hmm. it's worded is not clear because it was if you were ranked going into that game or after the game, rankings came out after, and so they went to the week prior rankings, which kind of caused some confusion. It so, didn't matter. It did. Well, no, I mean, that's what I mean. It wasn't clear. That's my point. And this is just your periodic reminder that I'm a Fresno State fan, but I had no problem yeah. with Boise hosting. I, I, I know, but the way it was, went to going reading exactly what it was, it wasn't extremely clear why they'd be hosting to most people. Uh, Whatever. And but not all wins are created equal. There's that know this. Oh, I know I get that. But, no, there's like the thing a couple years ago. Air Force really hosted for San Diego State with a bad record. With mm-hmm. the worst record. Or, I guess, not as good record. But they fixed that a little bit by having cross, um, having divisional games the final week, which is helpful, right? So don't have to worry about that type of stuff. I mean, unless they just don't care about people showing up because they know they're going to get the TV numbers anyway. That's about the only possible reason I could think of for and, making a move like that. And to be in Vegas, it's going to be difficult because it's a it's going to be natural grass for the Raiders. Pac-12 is going to have, at least in the next two years, 2020, 2021, their title game there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if they're rotating Friday, Saturday, because I think I noticed it's on ABC, so probably Saturday. I don't know if that'd be Friday night. So it's like, are you going to have a hypothetical Pac-12 Friday night, Mountain West Saturday, Raiders Sunday on natural grass field? No, not going to happen. It's, I mean, I don't think they would let that happen. Anyway. That's what I mean. Like, I know Pittsburgh, the the Heinz Field shares with uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and um, the or excuse me, Pitt and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I should say. And that yeah. gets super messy, and that's terrible what they do. It's kind of crappy, but to do it, it's it's a couple of things. Like you mentioned, we know where it's going to be. Vegas is reasonably close to the entire conference, driving distance for almost every school, but what two? Probably every school, essentially, right? I mean, the, the irony that, that other people pointed out on Twitter, and I wish I could remember exactly who said it. What was they it? considered a neutral site game, even though Las Vegas and UNLV is right there. Eh, it's still a neutral site, yeah. What are they going to show up? Come on, get there first, right? Well, that's a, that's a, that was the point. Like, <laughs> UNLV is, like, right there, but, like, they're calling it a neutral site game, which is just, that's some unintended dragging right there. It is. Going to L.A. is farther I think I think your your main point is right, Matt, is that they want to just avoid any hosting controversy. And just, would they may here's thing too, what I think another reason is it, it hurts the host team because host team gets to sell advertisements, sell tickets for getting that reward. It like it lessens the reward of being the best team in the conference leading into the title game. 
Because if the Mountain West wants to have your best team when they're going for the New Year's Six Bowl game, because I will say it every time, the champion of the league will be in the running no matter what. And basically mm-hmm. nine out of ten years. It'll be that final weekend, the win the team that's best team and the winner will be in position to be challenging for that New Year's Six Bowl game. So yeah. you take that away, you take away a home field advantage, take away money from the teams, you go to neutral site, it balances things that balances things out, which I'm not I'm fine with. Like that part it's it is more fair a little bit, but better team should host. But is there a money thing to be had for for the league? Because those tickets sold are gonna go to the like probably to the conference in some level. They can control every advertisement in stadium and all that stuff as well, I'm assuming. And they'll get a cut of that. And will there be more money? Because, oh, look, we're in a – like, look at the MAC game. They play – don't they still play in Ford Field? Is that correct? The MAC title Do game? I, I think know. so, yeah. I know they have in the past. Do you want a stadium where it's 12,000 people showing up in a 60,000 stadium? That's like an Aztec home game. Sorry, but sometimes it is when they were bad. <laughs> it's an Aztec home game sometimes. When Aztecs hosted the title game – Versus Air Force, that state, I know the stadium is cavernous and huge, and it's not a fair argument to say, but even if they have 30,000 and Aztec Stadium, it still looks half full or half empty, everyone look at it. Do you mm-hmm. want that look on TV? It's a bad look. No, I mean, I totally get it. So what, what, are, your, what are the odds you think that's going to happen? Oh, God, I hope it doesn't. That's not odds. That's just you saying no. I would just say less, I would, I'm, I'm fingers crossed, less than 50%. Did they give a timeline for when that might be? I do not recall off the top of my head. I don't think that they did. Well, here's the thing. It's not going to be this year because neither stadium is ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> per me driving by and noticing scaffolding and construction workers banging stuff up top and drilling things. So, All right, let's get back to the bowl games here. The, uh, that brought me up because the L.A. bowl game. That's fine. We've known that forever. It's now official. Idaho bowl, Hawaii bowl, New Mexico, Arizona, and then one random ESPN bowl game. You mentioned it might be something in Dallas. Is that right? The way that I understood it was that it's a bowl game that has yet to be created. There's one because okay. because I and I looked at Brett McMurphy's list that he put together back in June. Yeah, and I did as far as I can remember off the top of my head. I don't think any of them take place in Dallas. There's an Austin, Austin one I thought in a Myrtle Beach one I believe. Well, yeah, there's there's the one of there's the one that they're creating this year at Fenway in Boston. Yeah, so and there's the, the other one in Myrtle Beach. Um, and some of them are ones that the Mountain West is already affiliated with anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Frisco is in Frisco, not Dallas. Yeah, so nearby, yeah. So I'm assuming that's something that's going to become more official down the pipe. But that's something that the that the Mountain West is going to have a leg up in, which is good. You know, I think in the long run, that's a positive sign because we don't and want last year. They, and the fact that they still have their backup deal with the Cheez-It Bowl as well, I think, is another positive sign as well. Yeah, that could be seven bowl games, six guaranteed. Because Ray Thompson was saying during his speech, he did his best he could to get one in a bowl game. It just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And had BYU gone five and seven, they would have been in a bowl game. Just saying. Because yeah. that's probably the one team who was at large. Not to bash on BYU, but they were an at large team who didn't have a bowl, really have a bowl tie in, I don't think. It's, it's okay, Jeremy. You can bash I, on BYU. Saying, hey, I, I guess people appreciate it here, right? I'm just saying. Yes, exactly. I, I'm a Utah guy, but you know what I won't do? I won't send out uh, out-of-context tweets and then cry about it when they're pointed out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. You can look at my Twitter if you want to see what I've been doing the past day or two, and a future article on some other website I work for. But let's move yeah. on. Um, what else did Craig Thompson say that was interest of you? interest of you? Or interest to you, I should say, not of you, to you. Well, it was something that I think you alluded to momentarily a little bit ago. Uh, conference realignment. 
in reverse. I thought was was mildly <laughs> interesting because well, I thought it was interesting because in the initial press conference, he didn't really seem to suggest that there was much to look at, regardless. Like they weren't really thinking about adding any teams. No teams were thinking about leaving or anything like whoa, that. Whoa, don't tell that to Aztec or Rams, man. They're convinced a Pac-12 or Big 12 is calling, man. Hold your horses. That's, that's, that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> exactly. But anyway. <laughs> but then uh, our, our guy Jesse Tatichin, uh, I probably mispronounced that. <laughs> Sorry, wh- Jesse. Why are we um, right? Jesse does a great job. He followed up on a piece that uh, appeared in The Athletic, correct? Yes, with uh, Chris Vanini. Is contraction on the table now? Or will it be on the table in the near future? Looks like it's, uh, at very least, an option due to geographically limited teams with only two in the area, which we know as Brigham Young University and New Mexico State University. Mm-hmm. So, here's the thing. Contraction, like, you are you said you're going to maybe do an article about pod system of some sort. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that going to be like a 10-team pod system, or what are you, how are you kind of looking at no, I mean, and or bigger. This, this is something I'll I'll write more about at length, probably in the in the coming week. Fingers crossed. It's basically, an alternative to divisions. Yeah, where you know, there's no longer a Mountain Division, there's no longer a West Division, and you can look this up if you just search Bill Connolly pods mm-hmm. on Google. It's like the very first result. But essentially, every Mountain West team would have three protected games, and it would have the effect of, with a couple of exceptions, it would preserve like almost every official rivalry that there is. So, like, for instance, Fresno State would be in a pod with uh, Hawaii, San Diego State, and San Jose State. Boise would be in a pod with Nevada, Utah State, and Wyoming. Um, You know, New Mexico would be in a pod with Air Force, Colorado State, and UNLV. That one seems a bit off, though, that one, the last one. So there would be some kind of... I mean, and you could... could fix this as you see fit. And that's something that, again, I'm going to write more about um, when I get a little bit of free time. But the idea that it kind of preserves the games that to our individual fan bases, they matter the most while freeing up the flexibility to see everybody else in the conference more often than we do now. Yeah, because right now we have the two two year-to-year games, like Boise plays San Diego State two years and they're off for two years. Yeah. So basically, you might miss a team every year, right? Every other year, instead of every yeah. two years. Every yeah, every two years. Yeah. So you would have those three protected games, and then you would basically have five games that you know would sh- you would I'm sure schedule makers could determine how they're shuffled from year to year, but you would be seeing teams as a result. Yeah, and it may not necessarily be what goes on now, where it has to be home and home, or let's just and it would, you know what I mean, and, where it could be every other team where you play. You say your off team is Fresno, San Jose, San Diego State are teams you are playing from a different pod. You don't you don't necessarily have to play them back to back years. You would still rotate home and away, but it may not be every year you do that. And I see it as uh, as an alternative possibly to contraction because you know most of the conversation around contraction, fairly or unfairly, has revolved around San Jose State at the moment, right? Yeah, you've written a good piece on it recently about it and why they should not leave. So or be kicked you know, out. Pick your so I out. have this pod set up with with San Jose State, Fresno, San Diego State, and Nevada. And what I think the pods would offer as an alternative, you know, presuming that the Spartans continue to struggle in football for the foreseeable future, 
right? Yeah. If you're a Fresno State or you're a San Diego State and you are competing, you know, not only for a Mountain West title, but you're trying to compete for that, you know, New Year's Day six spot, right? Mm-hmm. It gives you the opportunity to see a team like a Boise State more often than you do now, where yeah. you're not, you know, if, in the wrong season, which, for, for example, Fresno State this season let's say they do really well in, in division play and, and do really well against interdivision play, you know, there's still a chance that they won't see Boise until the title game. Yeah. Strength of schedule hurts too. And Boise's probably going to be at worst a top 40 team, right? Yeah. So even if one team in the pod continues to kind of languish behind the other ones, it still gives you an opportunity to see better teams more often across the conference. And it would have the effect of being able to set up one versus two at the end of it, as opposed to having a Mountain West champ, or excuse me, a West Division champ or and a Mountain Division champion. So how would you do it? Take the top two records in, in conference play and play each other? Yeah. I mean, I think that you would have to have a, a set of tiebreakers in place because, you know, maybe it looks like it did the Mountain Division did a couple of years ago where three yeah. different teams finished six and two, you know, and Wyoming was the one that ultimately went to... The, the title game so i think you would have to have a system like that in place but i think that it would free you from these kind of regional restrictions in a lot of ways while also preserving like i said those rivalry games and giving the teams that rise to the top a better chance to you know not only make it to the championship game but also to those bigger rewards that are out there so with this um let's, that's a good point we'll get to that again i'm sure but i, I was that makes good points to beefing up, beefing up the schedule to play everybody more often because everyone's played Boise and blah blah blah. So, why is he talking that contraction could be the answer to instead of because we I've talked about before I we mentioned they've whiffed on Gonzaga for basketball which could have been interesting to possibly bring BYU back into fold somehow and some other team talking about Wichita State for basketball and bring him reviving their football program. He's whiffed on a lot of these like the Gonzaga one was royally terrible for him saying oh we don't have a deal in place it's not going to happen before he even met with someone from Gonzaga said what are you talking about we got a meeting this week we're still discussing things mm-hmm. and so will he have the will he have the at, the attitude of fortitude they say you're gone San Jose State you're gone UNLV you're gone Hawaii like what's what's what do you why do you think his reasoning is to remove teams if that's the best option isn't the answer our money why would money be better with fewer teams, fewer games to sell? Even if you're San Jose State, not every game they put on at home game will be on the Mountain Streaming Network. I mean, less product, but maybe a more worthwhile product. True. I mean, isn't that the same reason why the American is kind of cool with just letting UConn go no, without necessarily feeling motivated to replace them? I don't no, know. They're cool because ESPN said you're getting the same amount of money, and they're leaving mid-cycle. When they get a... Well, that's a long way down the road. They did a 10-year deal, so that's different. I was going to say if they did a short-term deal, I could do a difference. But with ESPN saying your money's the same, they're never going to add a 12 team if the money's going to be the same between 11 and 12. There's no financial reason to do that. And I guarantee when UConn's gone, I will – okay, I won't guarantee. I'll confidently say they will not have a title game because unless there's a waivers or a funny thing, who knows what could happen, and we're getting off track here, but I'll finish my thought before we move on. The reason the Big Ten, Big Twelve has a title game with ten teams, they play ninety games, they play everybody. To have a conference title game with fewer than twelve teams, you have to play everybody once. So, is American going to? American's going to maybe lose money on this, or maybe they're fine with it because 
they're protect their best team without having a chance to lose that final game to play against a really good team. So they're not going to play ten conference game because that screws over Navy, who's going to play Army, Air Force, and all the American teams. They're not going to do that. So they're just going to sit with. I'm pretty sure they'll sit with just a title game with or no title game. Because if USF or UCF or Memphis or Cincinnati this year say they're twelve and zero, why would they want to play a really good ten and two team from the other division? Mm-hmm. And so that's the reason they won't do it. But I don't necessarily say you may not. I'm not saying you're 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 not wrong. I'm just saying there's to have more games to sell. Odds of getting more money overall, maybe a per school share is more. Maybe that's that could work out too possibly. But I mean, I just don't. I don't know if I totally buy the argument just because if you look at the history of the conference. I mean, and I said this in the article I wrote about San Jose State in particular, but there's always got to be a bottom feeder. And before San Jose State, it was UNLV. And for a long time, you know, is you know, outside, State of, the Rocky, long time, outside right? of the outside of the Rocky long years, uh, you know, New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you if you go to Sports Reference, for instance, and you look at just the overall winning percentage of teams that have been in the conference for their you know whatever ten years they've had, mm-hmm. you just go down the list. San Diego State, for as much success as they've had in recent years, terrible. Their entire their entire winning percentage since 1999 is still under 500. And even yeah, when they had Marshall New- Falk a couple of years, out, take out those three, three or whatever he played three years, look before and after, not very good also, and whack. You know, New Mexico and Wyoming are they're right around a 400 winning percentage. Nevada, or not, excuse me, UNLV rather, is at, you know, 311. So I don't know that you can necessarily pin this on one team. And maybe, you know, the argument that, that I saw was, you know, it, the conference started at eight teams anyway. So taking a step back with contraction, or not necessarily a step back, but just kind of moving in a different direction by by having lost teams isn't necessarily a big deal. And you know, you you mentioned the American having eleven teams. Well, the Sun Belt has a championship game with ten teams. They too. They play same thing as Big Twelve. They play every team once. Yeah. Same. So yeah. I mean, I I guess I could see that, but I don't know that at present I'm entirely convinced by it because. You know, if you kick San Jose State out, someone's still going to be at the bottom. And then yeah. what are you going to do? What do you have league of Fresno, Boise State, like San Diego State League right now, or something like that? Three team Ron Robin? I don't know. So it's so I just don't necessarily see it. Like everybody's got an anchor. I don't think that's a good enough excuse. Vanderbilt for contraction. Indiana. Um, last year, Florida State. I don't know Georgia Tech. Just saying, but he, okay. Let me let's rephrase the question. Then, why is he saying this? Like, what is the reason he would say that's on the table? Because I, I get it. Adding teams is difficult because you have really there's three teams. I do tip as well. They're in the region. They do make a lot of sense geography wise and historical wise for a handful of the leagues of the teams in the league, specifically in New Mexico. So you're not going to add them in Mexico State because that's terrible. You'd have really three bottom feeders until if NMS, NMSU gets back up and going, but. I, maybe his point was, maybe he has to get out of the box because, or he's thinking like, there's go to the other end. Oh, maybe when twenty three, twenty four, twenty five come up, the new TV deals for Big Ten, Pac twelve, um, SEC, or whoever are gonna kind of snag some of these teams. He's fine with losing teams that way. Maybe he was going that route because there's nobody too wet after that, and he's fine with losing those teams. Possibly. I mean, I'm not sure. I just don't get like. Here's exactly what he said. So let me read. Maybe we should have started with this. 
We've been through it. We've had 15 football-playing institutions. The market will dictate. In the West, there's BYU and Mexico State that are independent. I don't want to speak in hypotheticals, but more probable would be contraction. What are the other options? Go to another FBS conference geographically. There's 26 playing school FBS schools in the Pac-12, 12 in the Pac-12, 12 in the Mountain West, BYU and Mexico State west of Denver. I'd still include UTEP. I think they're fine. But mm-hmm. basically, it's like there's nowhere else to go to get teams. So maybe that's what he's getting at. But it, I don't know why. It could be, it may be out of necessity that he has to do that. He's thinking of that. But I honestly don't think he's looking at kicking out people in the school. Because the way, if you read that, kind of read that carefully, he's looking who's out west, which makes the most sense. He doesn't say we're, um, like what he says, like, if you're just closely, I don't want to speak in hypotheticals, but more probable, probable would be contraction. That doesn't mean kicking teams out, right? Mm-hmm. That just means there could be fewer teams. Contraction and contraction can mean forceful or not forceful. So, I don't think it's going to happen. The most likely thing teams would somehow leave if they get plucked up, but that's where I'm going with that one. Is that the same mm-hmm. that you have? Yeah, I think so. All right, um, can we get to some fun stuff like Rocky Long throwing shade at Las Cruces to Mexico? Yeah, we can we can turn the corner on that. I thought that was hilarious. So apparently, our buddy, um, our New Mexico guy, Roger, um, what's his last name? I want to get it correct. Roger uh, Holian. Holian. Yeah, he used to be the team chaplain for the Lobos back in the day, like when Brian Urlacher was there. So he's pretty well connected. He traveled with the team years and years ago. He told me when Rocky Long was at New Mexico, they would when they played the Mexico State, they'd still stay in in El Paso, which is about fifty miles away, and. Not really convenient, but it's, it's totally, completely throwing stuff in your face. Hey, we're not going to give you any money to your little town. And that is why college football is the best. That is why it's the best. Petty, pettiness rivalries that make zero to no sense. But I like that long Rocky is keeping up that tradition. Mm-hmm. Is, um, who else, is it, um, well, never mind. Do you think the Lobos still do that or they stay in Las Cruces? Do you have any clue? I have no idea. I kind of want to reach out to maybe uh, Frank Bracagliano yeah. within uh, the program and find out. Or uh, Jeff Grammer doesn't do football, but maybe he would know as well. Or maybe just stay in the next town over, if not necessarily go all the way to El Paso. I know. It's like 50 miles. I'm like, right. I thought that was a pretty good one. Also, we mentioned the Chase Cord injury. He's not fully healthy. Um, what else? Uh, we talked about the Heisman Trophy stuff for um, Jordan Love. Um, I'd give him a 4% chance, 2% chance to win the Heisman. Is that too high? I'm gonna, yes. <laughs> As much as I would love to see it, he is not going to win the Heisman. So less than two percent. You're, I mean, you're talking about defying at least two decades worth of history at this point. Dude, three decades, eighty, and oh no, nineteen ninety. Yeah, almost three decades. Twenty. Yeah, almost thirty thirty years. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Good old Ty Detmer, who got the shaft coaching. Fairly or unfairly, by the way. Yeah. There have been some guys who probably didn't deserve it. You mean like uh, Gino Toretta? Over oh, Marshall Falk, or like, like what? <laughs> what is it the thing of like o. some Simpson? some, some <laughs> Oklahoma quarterback or another? Like oh, Mike, Jason White, Mike White, Jason, Jason White. Jason yeah. White. Oh, man, at least Tim Tim Tebow was a good college quarterback and he earned it. He played well in the field. Um, what else are we missing here? Um, we got watch list stuff going on. I'm trying to see what else we did. There's oh, um, I got a few articles in the pipeline, but there we've already kind of discussed those. Uh, I think that's it, right? Anything else for media day? That oh, hold on, Nick uh, Nick Rolovich. Is it is he getting is his stick getting tired, or you still love it? The weirdness of college football, him bringing a fortune teller to the uh, media days this year. No, I mean, I'm, I'm already wondering what he's going to do next year. 
I, did you see a tweet I put out today? Do you see what Antonio Brown did to the Raiders? How he arrived at camp? No, I didn't. He well, it's two crazy things that happened at NFL training camps. Antonio Brown arrived at Raiders camp in a hot air balloon. Okay. Jalen Ramsey of the Jaguars was. It was hilarious. He brought like I I heard the video audio. Oh yeah, he brought a Brinks truck. A Brinks truck, the armored tank, and like four people cheering him on when he when some guy announced him as a hype guy. That's sad. (laughs) No, I I love that. No, it's sad that it's sad that nobody that nobody's there. That he made a huge big deal of it deal of it and nobody cared. That's 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 so good. That's my point. So Rolovich, he brought the fortune teller. I said, "Ooh, Hawaii's gonna win the conference." Blah blah blah. Um, he's brought um, Britney Spears impersonator. He brought Elvis impersonator. Was unable to bring a monkey due to paperwork. I'm assuming. He also brought pineapples for everybody. Well, yeah, well, I didn't see it. What did he bring this year? He brought pineapples. For oh, that everybody. was this year. Oh, because he he tra- he's trying to get tradition going of, of coaches exchanging gifts, but they haven't done that. Or isn't it, the coaches aren't embracing it. Which why not, coach? That's disappointing. It's like who doesn't? He brings a pineapple from Hawaii. How, how better can it be, right? That's got to be a really good pineapple. I'm not gonna lie. Exactly. It's probably where all of the pineapples come from to the United States, just about, right? I would think so. Majority of them. All right. Anything else? Um, uh, I don't think. Was that it? Let me go to our Patreon and see any, any tweets or notes you put on there as we keep going here. We're getting close to our typical time limits. Well, we did have some uh, kind of quick. Oh, questions, questions. That's that we right. Could engage with. Let's yeah. go to questions. That makes it easier. Instead. Oh, hold on. Real quick. TV deal. Super quick. Um, have you heard the thing about the NFL Network airing games, possibly? Uh, Conference USA, right? No, no, no. Mount, yes, but Mountain West is is in the in negotiation to their sports business daily a while ago. Mentioned something about they're looking at maybe airing Mountain West games. I don't remember hearing about that. I yeah, I haven't written about it, so that's why. No, no kidding. I, <laughs> I think it's been a paywall thing. I saw somebody tweet about it somewhere in regards to it. But are you what? What is your biggest thing about TV? Because I don't care about going to games, even though I do sometimes for work. But I'd rather watch at home, watch as many as I can. I just want to be able to watch the games. I don't care. I'm not going to go to many games. If you go to mm-hmm. games, I, you love it, go for it, you're fine. I'd rather consume half – like we put this message out there. Like you, some Utah State fans, they're like, I do not care about anything but my team. I'm like, you're fine. Go for it. That's you. I love anything college football. I will watch Sunbelt. I will watch – like watching the Big 12. I'll watch ACC well, – maybe ACC will come to the plane. That's about it. But you get my point. I'll watch a lot of college football, as you do as well. I would rather be at home watching game on my screen, tablet – TV, phone, whatever, a couple games up there. I'll go to a game occasionally. I'll, if I'm out of game, like working, I know it's different than fans attending, so I know it's a different scenario. I will still have a laptop open with probably another game going while watching the game on the field. No, you and me both, man. And so it's like, yeah, keep on tapping. They'll have another TV on a different game. We'll have our game on, and then they may have a different game on. Sometimes they do, depending on where you're at. But for the league itself, they, here's what I like what they're doing. I'm going to do a piece on this. They want a shorter deal, like maybe like a five-year deal or a four-year deal, do similar to what the – SEC, like the other major conferences I've done. AAC did, was the right move for them, I believe. They made a long-term deal, a ton of money, but no grant of rights, so teams could leave as they go. Yeah. And this kind of goes into our question as well here, one of the questions. Boy, I didn't realize Boise State's deal to negotiate separately was somehow done in perpetuity, which hindsight, good for Boise State? Yeah. Was that necessary from Craig Thompson and the, whoever made the decision to bring them back into the league? Maybe. I don't know because I'm at, okay. Necessary? Probably not. This, but... it, this would be a fun exercise to go through one day, maybe next off season. Like, what if Boise State and San Diego State just left and were gone? Because would the Big East still be around? Would the WAC and Mountain West combine? 
I mean, would they be happy with like cross country trips to Orlando and New Orleans and Yeah. True. Stores? Is that where Yukon is at the moment? That is. That's far. Would would Yukon have left the American if Boise and San Diego State were there? Probably. I don't know. It's uh, it's just yeah. something about but that deal itself, it's like I'm not gonna blame Boise for getting the best deal they can. It does kinda it's it's here's the thing about the Mount CV deal it's so unique. Hawaii gets their own deal, so they're not part of it. So really the ESPN deal is only selling 11 teams, or CBS, ESPN. Going further, it's actually 10 teams because Boise gets whatever everybody else gets plus their deal. So they got 1.8 plus 1.1 for the, what the league got. So they're well, and, their, and their deal is specifically for their home games, right? Yes, for yeah, six, um, I think five. I'm not sure if it's, yeah, it's all six of the home games. So that's why, I, I think what the deal is, five of them have to be on an ESPN network. I think that's the deal, mm-hmm. if I recall. Because there's like one streaming game and they played some FCS team or something, but that's neither near or there. But they want a shorter deal, which is nicer. I the Pac-12 maybe they should do what the Pac-12 is trying to do: 9 a.m. Pacific kick times. Maybe do like a couple games a year, like three. I, I saw a lot of people kind of shake their heads at that, and the only thing I can say is like, we're already rolling out of bed at like seven or eight in the morning anyway to watch college game day. Why not roll out of bed and just go to a game? If you're not following the t- if like I know you're not playing the game, right? That's right. And a lot I'm, of these I'm teams. I'm going to roll out of bed. I'm going to watch 9 a.m. football if I can, I, if you let me. Yeah, when I covered uh, BYU more closely, you know what time they practice? They were done by 10 a.m. Yeah. So it's not like, and Chip Kelly said this at media day, other teams say it, we practice in the morning because whatever scheduling, schooling, restrictions are the best way to practice with your team. They already practice in the morning, a lot of them. When I swam, like this summer college, I swam. Our championships were in the morning, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the morning, or Thursday, mm-hmm. whatever it was, morning. We typically practice three, like three to six p.m. But when it got closer, we would shift to do morning practices to get used. We'd either have like a Saturday swim meet or have early morning practices, like maybe once or twice a week, to kind of get used to being up and doing stuff in the morning, anyways. Yeah. And so, if they're, if they're already practicing in the morning, and it wouldn't be every week there would be a game. Like John Wilner of the Mercury News put a good thing out there a while back when this was first discussed that it would be some rotational basis, and it'd be. What he you can go Google and find it, but basically it'd be a minimal amount of games. Like at yeah. most like two a year, probably just one a year, and it'd only be like a home game like every other year or something. Or a road game every other year. So it'd be very few like why would it be a big deal to put a game like okay, those noon eastern games, I could give her I don't care about Indiana playing Northwestern. I don't care about Iowa State playing Texas Tech for the most part. I don't care about Duke playing some whoever else is in the ACC. I can't think of. You know what I mean? The Power Five is boring. Some of the Power Five is a lot boring. Mountain the West. Power Five is boring. We already know Alabama and Clemson are going to be in the championship game again. So who, who even cares about everything else? Clemson's fun to watch. I'll watch them. Uh, Clemson's boring now. Because they're was, winning. It was fun. It was fun the first time when you're the underdog. So so what are you telling me? You want Michigan to win now to be there because they're kind of the underdog or trendy pick. No, what I'm saying is, <laughs> you know, give me like an Eastern Michigan versus Miami of Ohio game instead. Which they do. Those Matt games going at noon Eastern. Give me some like, give Sunbelt. me some, uh, you know, Sun Belt action or even some Conference USA action. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, it would. It would be if if you want to be creative and you want to help home. I, do you, okay, first off, do you think it would help home attendance if you were to go to a game, 10 a.m. in Logan or 9 a.m. in Fresno compared to 7 or 8:30 p.m. at night? Maybe almost a wash, but there's people who like to tailgate, and like to chill the whole time and drink and have I mean, food I think and party. That, I think that you face the same problems that a lot of people would 
base with the late kickoffs. It's just like there's out of town it's time and money. Yeah, time and money. Can okay. Some people, some people have it. A lot of people don't. You know, for the most part, I don't. Yeah. You know, if if I didn't live five minutes away from Bulldog Stadium, I might never go to a game. Yeah. It's a, not every game can be kicked at three 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 thirty p.m. local time. And you know, as you and, and others have mentioned, I think most notably Chris Benini of the Athletic, you know, it's just easier to be at home more often. You're than not going to be. Days. You're not going to be freezing cold. You're not going to be burning hot. I can go to my nice bathroom, nicer, much, 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 much nicer bathroom in the stadium. Don't have to pay ten bucks for nachos. I'm just saying. That's right. I'm just saying. Like, why not do? Um, what would be an acceptable number for you? Like, say four a year or six a year, so every team does one every other year. Yeah, I think so. We would just probably exempt Hawaii from this, right? That's probably it. Mm-hmm. Just because that's getting really out of hand there. We're not that. We're not that mean. <laughs> Yeah. So okay, let's get our question now because I want to bring that up because that's uh that's gonna be probably an article I'm gonna do over the weekend a couple. So what were some of the questions we have? Kicking out people in the conference, um, not gonna happen, right? Because I don't think that's gonna be the case at all. Somewhat related, I, I know someone out there asked about BYU. BYU is not coming back. Um, it's a money thing, for the most part, and a pride thing, and. I know the re- relationships have thought a bit between the conferences and BYU. Tom Homo, their AD, will never say never, which is the right choice to make. But unless, until the day comes where BYU makes less money as independent, they're not going to come back. Yeah, exactly. They do not care about going to a big money bowl game. They do, but realistically, they would rather do what they do this year. Utah, Tennessee, USC, Washington, the first, first four games of the year. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to play that schedule if you think you're good? You tell me Boise State wouldn't want to play Florida State, USC... Texas and just say Michigan. I'm just saying, wouldn't they want to challenge themselves? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. So not going to happen. Plus, they get all the good money from those games. The, when they they get home to homes now, when they're getting two for ones, they still get a seven to seven. But Roger's question, because it's fun. It's fun. Oh, boy, TV deal. Shouldn't the rest of the conference be kissing the ground the Broncos walk on and thank them for being Mountain West? I'll say partially yes. Because the league may not be getting even as much money overall without Boise State, even with their deal that pays them extra. I mean, the, the biggest problem is that Boise simply isn't performing at the level that they were Bingo. when they signed the deal. Yep. They have been playing fine. And, and I think that and well, right, rightly or wrongly, fairly or unfairly, you know, if Boise State keeps playing at this level where they're losing two or three games a year, and I was... I, I was having a discussion with someone on Twitter about this the other day. They were saying, yeah, you can justify it. You know, from from a Boise State perspective, I totally get it because, you know, they're getting their money. What do they care? You know what I mean? But from the Mountain West perspective, the value is decreased. And, you know, if Boise State is not doing what they were doing for pretty much all of last decade or the first year in the early part of this decade, um, you know, I think if this keeps going another four or five years, the conversation around the next TV deal is going to be different. So are they going to be the team that gets kicked out if they say no to the deal, even though it's built in? I don't know. Here's the thing, too. If you take $1.8 million, which is what they're getting divided by 11 teams, because excluding Hawaii, obviously, that's, like, I say only, but it's only $164,000 would go to every other team if they were divided equally. Mm-hmm. So it's I get the lump sum to them is good, but overall, if you're divided up, it's whatever peanuts essentially you get 1.25 million a year 
I think that's just I think that's pretty much the only thing it comes down to. Yeah. So they should yeah, I think they should be thinking a little bit that Boise stayed. But you're right, if they're not playing great, like it's gonna be a, a tipping point if they go if heaven forbid they go six and six a year or two or miss the bowl game. Mm-hmm. It's like well, look at Texas in the Big Twelve. I'm just saying there were issues with that. Of them True. being extra money. So um, let's see. They'd probably go independent. Blah blah blah. I don't know if that'd be difficult. Raj. Okay. Don't need to go through this. Um, what questions do we have here? What else do we have here? They're a bunch of bickering back and forth about Boise leaving the conference. I, well, I believe our friend Matt Zemek had a question about oh the yes Matt. biggest development of the off season that didn't get enough attention in the off season. Yeah, I like Matt Zemek. He's a good guy. Um, ooh, that's a good question. Um, biggest development in the off season. What do you, would you have an idea for that? Yeah, yeah I do. What is it? I thought, it was, I thought it was fairly obvious. Oh, Power crap. five scheduling. Oh, because, oh, yeah, yeah. Because while the American was having their their consternation about you know what USF was doing versus what UCF wants to do about home and homes and stuff like that, Danny White, um, blah blah. <laughs> the Mountain West just went out and slew and and, and scheduled a, a slew of you know challenging. But winnable games, depending on how things break in the long run. You know, San Diego State went and got four games against Mizzou. You know, two at home, two on the road. They got a home and home against Cal. Mm-hmm. You know, Nevada is going on the road to USC, and so is San Jose mm-hmm. State. Uh, Nevada is also going on the road to Iowa in a few years. Oh, in a few yeah. years, yeah. Um, Fresno State landed a deal with Purdue. Mm-hmm. CSU got a deal with Texas. So. It doesn't really seem like the Mountain West is having the same kind of conversation. They're just trying to go out and schedule good opponents. They're doing two things. They want money games to help fund the program. Mm-hmm. And some of the games like playing Iowa or Northwestern or, say, playing like a Cal-type team, those are also winnable games and get paid. Yeah. And so I like what, what the Americans are doing, specifically UCF. I don't want to get into the argument about UCF and all that garbage. We've discussed it a million times, but you kind of take what you get when you're in that position. The reason Boise State's gotten to where they're at, and even further back in the day, they would go play somebody. Yeah, Boise finally got Oregon at home, but they went to Georgia Dome and kicked the butt out of the Bulldogs in their backyard. They mm-hmm. would go out and play teams, and then maybe, and they get, look, they got Florida State cross fingers contract still to come at the, to finish it out, but Florida State, Michigan State, getting like UCF, USF. Getting a two for one for Alabama, two for one for these teams. Great. UCF, go get a home and home with Pitt, North Carolina, and Duke. Whoop de doo in Indiana. Who cares about playing Texas Tech home and home? You want to prove yourself? Go do go play Alabama. Go play do the Florida deal that you stuck your nose up because you think you're too good. Go do mm-hmm. Miami. I get it, what they want to do, but if you keep winning these games, it'll be better. You'll eventually happen. Mountain West is like, okay, we'll play you, we'll play you. A few teams can have some clout, like San Diego State got some home games. Boise get some home games. Nevada, or look at CSU, Arkansas coming to town, or they did come to town last year. Hawaii, Hawaii's a little bit different. They can get teams to come in because of the extra game and a few other issues re- or reasons why, positives why. But I, I think you're right. That is a very obvious thing for what they wanted to do the offseason. I was trying to think of something else, but I can always go with my um, Rock, David, or Bob Davey getting suspended but not fired in spring football. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he has a million lives because they, his buyouts are ridiculous in, in, in his favor, so. I guess if I go different one, I would say that because people have heard me say about Bob Davey about he should not be around. And again, I take you to go back and listen to find our podcast with Daniel Libet about what a year ago. It's still relevant today for what was going on. But <coughs> excuse me. But 
yeah, I'd say that's a big one, but your scheduling is a pretty good one, too. I was trying to find more questions I favored. What else do we have? Favorited? Maybe I'm... Well, Matt had also asked whether Craig Bull is under any pressure at Wyoming. Uh, no. I don't think so. No, I'd say very little. I would say... I, mean, I, I would say that winning at Wyoming is always going to be somewhat of a challenge. Mm-hmm. But maybe more so than ever, this is exactly the kind of team he wants. Yeah. And... Yeah. You know, even if it's always going to be an uphill climb, it's still probably going to be a team that's not going to be a lot of fun to face in in conference play. I would say if he doesn't make a bowl game this year, next year there would be some pressure. I don't think so. I'd say a little. You got to say a little bit if they go like four and eight for some reason. Because there's people looking around, like other sites that cover the Mountain West, and other other places that are discussing the conference. Or saying like Wyoming is going to be like this bounce back team and be a surprise. I don't see them being the surprise team in the conference. I am still not sold on Sean Chambers for anything until he proves me otherwise. They have a new offensive line and the running backs not going to be running games not going to be the same as last year. I don't see the I don't see them being bad, but I don't see them being this team that could surprise and go like nine and three. You never know. I'm gonna say, I'll say I'm pretty confident on that, but that never know. Okay. All right. Were there any other questions? Because I'm apparently I'm not doing Twitter well tonight. Uh, not that I could think of, no. I see people want Hawaiian Air Force out of the conference. Air Force is never going to leave. I don't think. Uh, I'm trying to see what else we had here. I can't find my questions here, but um, Utah State to the Big 12. There we go. That's it. <laughs> That's a new one. Um, let's go on through here. BYU kidding, blah, blah, blah. I, think, I thought we had one or two more. Um, maybe not. Maybe uh, that was it because there's a lot of people saying dump San Jose State. And I'm scrolling through our timelines. Oh, here we go. Here's what it kind of goes back to the contraction. Would the Mountain West be better off as a ten-team league? Uh, I don't think it would make that much of a difference, honestly. I don't think so either. I guess. No, I. Um, no, I would say it's not. I got one question to ask you, Matt. I'll wrap it up here with this one. So, Larry Scott said this at Pac-12 Media Day, and I'm going to do an article on it as well. This also goes to the college basketball side, which. Not that we're going to do much here on it, but a lot of college basketball conferences like the Big Ten, ACC, whatever, are going to 20-game conference schedules. Which okay. means fewer non-conference opportunities, right? Yeah. Craig Tom – or not Craig Tom, sorry. Jack, Larry Scott, who wears two Rolexes and spades a $5,000 suite at Pac-12 uh, tournament day, that guy who is tone deaf to save his life, there's a reason they're already separating the Power Five from not Power Five. He said to – for a team to be eligible for the playoff. And I think somebody else said this too, but I forget who, but I know, jeez, um, Larry Scott, I can't think of his name. Larry Scott said, you have to play 10, they call it autonomy schools, but you know, power five schools. You have to play 10 power five schools to be eligible for a playoff. Okay. I'm just saying, that's pretty ridiculous, right? No. That that means that it's not equal by any stretch at all, even though we know, even though we know it's not already equal to get there. But that cuts out half the that cuts out fifty percent of the FBS right there to make the playoff ever. Bleh, yeah, I don't know. it does. It, 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 I, it, here's the thing: that's never going to pass. Never going to go through. He's like, I don't care if you play seven conference games, eight, nine, because there's a difference between like ACC, SEC and Pac-12. They just want ten teams. I know some team schools are requiring it or leagues, but if they say it's a requirement to play, that means Boise State, Fresno, UCF, Houston, nobody. They're never getting to a, a playoff ever under those situations. Hmm. Right? I don't know. Maybe, you, I, maybe you, I'm mishearing it. Well, you can't play ten you can't play ten power five teams in a Mountain West conference, can you? Oh yeah, I guess that's true. That's my point of being. 
So I, I think that's, that's I see that's pretty outlandish, not going to happen. But my point is being, if stuff like that happens, there's going to be fewer opportunities to play. Let's say it does happen, which okay, that really that means the break off is here to stay forever, right? If that's the case, but it's just going to be fewer opportunities to play those big time schools. And UC, yeah. UCF will just have to play themselves, I guess, in scrimmage for their home and home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're done here. We've gone far too long, I think. I don't know how long we got because my counter's restarted here, but that's our pack. or oh, not pack 12 I've been doing so many media days this week, I can't keep track. Mountain West Media Day recap. We will have our top 50 countdown continue. What are we at, Matt? Are we at about 30 right now? Top 30? Uh, as of this recording today, we were at number 29. I better send you some more tiles there, some cards, the graphics. At some point, yes. At some point, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> we have that. We will have our, um, I guess, camp start this week, too. Look for some camp rollouts. We'll still be wrapping up some early non-conference previews. And I think we'll have some fun roundtable stuff about, I think here's some ideas that our writers have been kicking around as well by, like I sent out about a month ago. Why your team can win the conference, like why your team will go bowling or something like that. And maybe we'll do another fun podcast just for the heck of it, because these are fun. Right? But they're different fun, right? Yeah. Check us out, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, hey, we're on now Radio Radio. All right, folks, and I'll do it there. Again, like we mentioned, check out us out on all the podcast platforms. We'll be back to talk about uh, the next team in our season previews going forward as we have just a few left. We are about a month away from college football starting. Woohoo! That's why I said there and everything we got, MWR.com. And I'll see you next time, folks.